Welcome to the Week in Sports Cars, the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. Speaking of brothers, Graham Goodwin, how are you, my friend? Here we are recording. We have the first session in the books for Petit Le Mans. You are back from uh, spying yourself a, a beautiful spa date. Uh, we have a FIAWEC calendar to speak about. Mm-hmm. We have not only the IMSA season finale, 48-ish hours away, but we also have the uh, first open to the media IMSA GTP manufacturers test Monday and Tuesday at Road Atlanta, which uh, I'll share a little bit of info on uh, when we get to that. Uh, we have some listener questions uh, from about two weeks ago we still need to get to, so we'll get to some of those. So this might not be the world's longest episode of the Week in Sports Cars, but why don't we at least try to cover off some of the more interesting newsy bits that have popped up since our last episode, cover off to close with a couple of evergreen questions, and then plan on doing a proper deep dive next week after Petite. Uh, uh, absolutely right. Uh, so I guess big news today, other than Cadillac 1, Acura Nil after free practice 1 at Road Atlanta uh, this morning, uh, is the publication, the confirmation, if you like, of what a lot of what we already knew uh, with the FIWEC calendar for next year. Um, as with every other calendar, all sorts of issues being caused by the, how can I put this, unbelievably greedy 24-race uh, Formula One uh, calendar, uh, the impact of that principally in our world being on shifting a very well-established date for the Spa 24 hours, a knock-on effect on their calendars, affecting no fewer than five championships. Um, pretty disgraceful, frankly, uh, and disrespectful to that event, and I believe has caused some problems between SRO and their long-term partners at Spa Francorchamps into the bargain. Brilliant. Um, but talking about the, uh, the WC calendar, and by the way, the... Um, LMS calendar, which was published at the weekend as well. Uh, no surprises. Uh, we're obviously at Sebring for Super Sebring again in March. Uh, the additional race heavily trailed that that will be Portimao. Uh, probably what people weren't expecting is that Portimao will be round two in, uh, in the middle of April, 16th of April. Round three, earlier than normal, the 29th of April, with uh, the total energy is six hours of Spa, Le Mans at the pre-predicted dates, Monza in July, Fuji in uh, September, and then the eight hours of Bahrain to complete the season. That rather masks two other issues, one of which is the way in which that inter- interfaces with the European Le Mans series season. And what that gives us between WC and the European Le Mans series is four weekends on the trot. Because between Portimao and Spa-Francorchamps, we have not only the uh, opening round of the ELMS at Barcelona, but also the prologue test in between. So we race in Portimao on the Sunday. We're on track for the Michelin Le Mans Cup uh, test two days later, with two days of ELMS testing to follow. We then go to Spa the following weekend, and we then go to Imola the following weekend. And everybody's wife's going to hate them. Uh, So that's the... Uh, spellbinding start, yeah. Spellbinding start to the season, um, which means lots of one-way tickets on airliners or lots of pointless mileage in cars. Uh, but it is what it is, and a lot of that 
uh, after talking to the CEO of LMEM, is a knock-on effect of the availability, or rather the availability that the circuits involved are prepared to let go in a meaningful time frame uh, because of the um, the Formula One calendar and some of the uncertainties that, that always go with that. So that's that. The other issue, uh, and it's going to be one very much closer to your home, uh, MP, is across the European Le Mans series and wet calendars. There are no fewer than three clashes. There's a clash with Long Beach, there's a clash with CTMP, and there's a clash with the season finale for the European Le Mans series, somewhat controversially with the IMSA uh, season finale, and for that matter, the GT World Challenge season finale, all of which are on the same weekend. Um, now, one point raised, uh, points raised to me, in fact, by... Hold on, but we have yeah. convergence. How is that <laughs> possible? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, uh, aside from um, <laughs> Felipe Albuquerque having a bit of a go on Twitter and a couple of drivers having a chat to me in a variety of terms uh, at Spa, and it is going to mess with a couple of drivers' hard-earned uh, contracts because they're going to have to choose, because you generally have to choose a full season or no season in those circumstances, particularly if you're the one doing the heavy negotiating to try to be employed. Um, the other one which I thought was quite interesting was a chat with um, a well-established LMP2 driver. I'll tell you it was. It was Francois Perodo. Now, what is well-known but not yet formally announced is that LMP2 Pro-Am, that, that is the LMP2 formula in WEC that features at least one bronze driver, will cease to become a WEC formula for next season. That means that there are basically two full season options available to bronze drivers who have uh, access to LMP2 cars. One is the European Le Mans series. The other is the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Now, the problem, if you want to do the European Le Mans series, is that I know of several drivers that would then like to merge that together with uh, a four-race enduro season in uh, IMSA. But, of course, if you can't do the season finales for both, that rather messes that up. And, and what, what Francois was suggesting, and others have suggested since, is that actually potentially forces people towards taking the choice of IMSA rather than the ACO series. Because in that way, you do get your full season plus Daytona, which, if I'm right, is is not a full season race for LMP2, uh, as was last year. So not effectively... Not paying, yeah. Uh, yeah, is it 11? So it's, I think, 11 races, if you count the full season and Daytona. It might be 10, I'd have to go double check. But if you want that level of racing and you want a full-season um, title to go with it, your choice is six races in Europe or, let's call it, ten races in North America. And at least two drivers, one of them, Francois Ariot, who's doing the WEC with, um, uh, with the Ultimate Team, and the other one, Stephen Thomas, who's currently a customer of uh, the Algar Pro Racing Team, will be forming, as far as I'm aware at the moment, um, a two-car TDS racing team in the IMSA Weather Tech Sports Car Championship next year. Uh, yet to be determined, 
is the fate of their other customer team. That is, of course, Racing Team Netherlands after the much-publicised uh, police raids and um, imprisonment for several days of, of Fritz van Aert as part of a money laundering investigation in the Netherlands. Uh, that's another TDS customer. But I can tell you as well, MP, that at least one uh, European-based LMP2 team will also be joining the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with at least one car for a full season. Okay, There is the likelihood as well of at least one other part-season European team in LMP2. Uh, so LMP2 looks like getting a boost in the States, uh, and that's because the formula is in something of a flux at the moment uh, in the world of ACO rules racing. So absolutely loads going on right now. Loads and loads and loads. Uh, there was another interesting thing, by the way, about the way in which the uh, FIWC um, calendar was announced because it also confirmed uh, the narrative that surrounded it, the full season factory teams that will be taking part in that championship. And no real surprises for the most part, Peugeot, uh, Cadillac, Ferrari, uh, Porsche and Toyota. Uh, the surprise was the naming of Glickenhaus mm. in that. Now, you would expect if that's going to be um, in not only a press release, but also some pre-prepared graphics, that they've got some pretty good knowledge of what the plans are there. So they were in there. Van Wall van der Velde were not in there. Oh, um, I know. I'm boycotting um, the series now, but go ahead. There you go. Again. Um, but does that give us an indication of plans to come from Jim Glickenhaus, who, of course, has ducked out the last two races this year? Um, or does it mean that what we're going to get is a change to regulations that allows Glickenhaus to come in for a part season? So loads and loads and loads and loads going on. Huge interest, by the way, amongst the GT teams in exactly what's going to happen with the final year of GTE, GTE-AM. Um, I've got a story in preparation for that, which gives an idea of some of the numbers, but a couple of teams hoping to get the nod for a WEC place. Not uh, not uh, not sure that they will, because they are aware that numbers of other teams are looking to boost their uh, involvement next year. Um, it's a busy, busy time for sports car news, my friend. Um, aside from that, I'm sure it's really quiet over in the States. Nothing going on. Uh, let's see. Since we last recorded, uh, I paid a visit, uh, was invited down to Honda mm. Performance Development, which was uh, rather awesome, at least for what they told me. And they probably say this to everybody. So, uh, you know, a little grain of salt. But they did say I was the first member of the media uh, mm -hmm. in the history of HPD to be invited for a full behind the scenes of everywhere tour. And assuming that's accurate or vaguely accurate or whatever, um, mm -hmm. that was pretty darn cool. But yeah, uh, got to see everything, had a lot of folks putting folks from all the major departments put on, uh, presentations right wow yeah i again i didn't know they were going to go that deep but uh yeah uh couldn't bring my camera or video camera for the majority of those department visits but 
got a cool walk through their uh, dino department and mm -hmm. watched as one of their new uh, GTP engines uh, was being run on the dyno. So uh, that was cool. Um, and that, of course, is a unique engine not being used in anything else at all. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, slash, I got to see the 2024 uh, Honda IndyCar engine running. <laughs> oh, is another... oh, two separate donors? Hey, uh, funnily enough, they managed to do it at the at the very same. Uh, wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, anyways, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, hey, so <laughs> uh, I was meant to be at Road Atlanta right now. Okay. I, though, canceled my trip. I had a flight booked, had everything, mm -hmm. all travel. Wasn't going to be able to fly out until this morning. We had a long day. Okay. A very good, important, very good appointments yesterday in and around San Francisco with my wife. And okay. so knowing that that was a priority, Graham. Uh, of course. normally I'd fly out very early for petite and be there from start to finish and so on and so forth. Wasn't going to be able to fly out until today. Uh, then, you know, land tonight and do my first reporting videos or whatever it might be, uh, tomorrow, Friday morning, uh, then have basically one day at the track leading into the main event and then come back Saturday morning, 10 hour race season finale, blah, blah, blah. Uh, stay over on Sunday, and then the main reason for the trip, Graham Goodwin, the true main number one priority, nothing to do with Petit Lamont itself. Again, love Coca -Cola it. Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta? Yes. Love it. Been yeah. there many times, and again, was going to be part of the reporting picture, but that was the secondary reason. The primary was to stay over for the group GTP test, Monday and of Tuesday. Course. It actually runs through Wednesday, but uh, the media is only allowed Monday and Tuesday. Okay, great. Got my marching orders. Can't wait. Going to show you all kinds of amazing things. We've been waiting forever, Graham, right? And mm -hmm. we've all seen those really, you know, high quality, fun, you name it, um, manufacture videos that they put out from wherever they might test. But these are all mm -hmm. short and manicured, so they don't show much of anything but hey finally gonna be able to go show you these cars give you a feel for some of the cool technology at play so on and so forth and then maybe my <laughs> my favorite uh set of of media instructions uh, i've seen in quite some time uh arrived and i said okay um been waiting for that to land, right? Get a little bit of guidance from IMSA on what uh, what they're wanting the media to do or, you know, if there's any little restrictions to keep in mind. And so, yeah, uh, okay, let's go ahead and open this document. And so I open the document and I then say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cancel my trip because there is no damn reason to go. Well, why would I say that? What what kind of crazy crazy nonsense am I talking about? Well, I took a look at the items in the things you can do, Graham. Right. right. Then, following that, there was a things you can't do list. I'm like, all right. Mm -hmm. Well, the things you can do, 
two items. Is that a, is that a much shorter list? Believe it or not, um, uh, <laughs> that was a much shorter list. So okay. yes, uh, that is absolutely. Is turn up at the track on that list? It's it's in there somewhere. Okay. Um, they, they apparently did encourage folks to uh, potentially go to the test if you right. wanted to actually, you know, see some cars running at the event. Um, okay. But yeah, there was a slight, slight problem with some of the things that I found. So let me just go ahead and open up this document and see if you find the problematic areas that might have led me to cancel the trip since my main reason was going for the GTP test. Does it uh, say no Americans? Well, it may as well have. Uh, 2022 IMSA sanction test, media protocols, Michelin, Raceway, Road Atlanta, October 3 through 4, 2022. Overview, Graham, immediately following WeatherTech mm -hmm. Championship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, manufacturers, Acura, BMW, and Cadillac are scheduled to participate in an IMSA, IMSA sanction test, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it doesn't list Porsche, but Porsche is supposed to be there as well. Um, if they don't show up, then there you go. But here's what's listed in the two bullet points of what's allowed. Media will be permitted into Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta and may work from the media center in the Michelin Tower Monday, October 3rd, uh -huh. October 4th. Food and beverage, Graham, will be provided. Ooh, well, that's yeah. a reason to go. Here's another. Here's the other key one. Knowing that I happen to type any type and write some word stories and take little snappity snap photos, and I also make them videos too. Ooh. Credentialed photographers and videographers will be able to shoot from the same trackside locations as during Motul Petit Le Mans. Okay. Okay, there we go. Now let's move into the restrictions. Tell me... I'm going to have you, you'll be our, our, our bell. You'll be our, our, our loud bet, bet alert guess. device. Bet I can guess. Tell me as I get through the six here, <laughs> tell me at which point you think I went to, I opened up my Southwest app on my phone and uh, hit uh -uh. cancel uh, yeah. on my flight. You, you be the, you, you sound the alarm. Okay. Very first item under restrictions, Graham Goodwin. Lap times will not be published. Ooh, well, that's less of an issue because you can always stop watch them. No, so, lap times will not be published. Yeah, yeah, but you could hand time. You could. You can't publish them. Oh, sorry. The, uh, they said that you can't publish them. Restrictions for the media. Ah. Item number one: lap times will not be published. Okay. I'm not hearing the alarm sounding, but the 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 the. the you should get, be getting it warmed up. Yeah, I'm warming. Kay. Go on. Number two, uh, and this is just kind of a procedural thing. A separate media roster will be developed and separate credentials will be issued to media for the test. Access is not automatically you're, granted with a hard card, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that, again, that's a restriction. You're about to tell me that you can't go in the paddock, aren't you? Number three, <laughs> media, photographer, videographer access in paddock and pit lane prohibited. Ding, 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 ding. Unless approved by manufacturer. Okay, so maybe you unding the bell a little bit, right? Paddock mm. access for media can it, can it, can it? Yeah. will be available only during prescribed times. 
Okay, so you, unless you're approved by a manufacturer. Okay, but great. So let's say pick what whichever one. BMW says, hey, we want you to be in the pit lane. We're going to chaperone you. Well, mm. unfortunately, there's only prescribed times. And I'll get to those and just, no, I'll just read them now. Monday, a midday lunch break from 12 to 1. Monday evening, 7 to mm. 8. Okay. And then Tuesday, 2 to 3 p.m. So in theory, there's, yeah, three opportunities to go across the bridge to pit lane. Right. Period. Uh, Three one-hour opportunities. Uh, If you are chaperoned, maybe, although here it doesn't necessarily, there's a little bit of stuff that doesn't quite uh, explain everything paddock access will be available during prescribed times it doesn't say that you would necessarily be allowed into the paddock but it also says that you need to be approved by a manufacturer Again, they didn't really think all that through but which, which sort of sort of reads to me like that's not a general news reporter that is their photographer again who knows so now here's the last item Media will not be permitted October 5th unless approved by manufacturer again. Okay, so there's a, a, the fifth restriction. But here's the one mm-hmm. here's the one where you might be warming up your vocal cords. And I'll just preface this by what I said earlier. We've seen lots of really cool videos, manicured videos presented by the manufacturers. Here's yes. the 963 rolling out at Weishock, and here's the Acura doing this, and here's the Cadillac, yeah. right? And these are all a minute, two minutes long, whatever. Yeah. They don't show anything, right? They don't really show any, you know, see beneath the bodywork, whatever. Some manufacturers, though, have gone as far to publish images of the engines and other stuff, yes. right? So some yes. have, right? Um, but as a whole, Graham, I think most would agree we haven't seen much of these GTP cars, no, right? No, right? That's that's the thing we're hoping to detail. get to, right? That's the thing we're like, hey, it's a manufacturer group test, and the media is allowed, and yeah, awesome. Let me hit you with the last one: paddock access. We already told you can't do that, so you can't get over there and be on pit lane, uh, except during those prescribed times, and only if it's approved by a manufacturer. But if you get there, Graham, say mm. all the manufacturers say, yep, come on over. Photography slash video of engine bays slash other sensitive areas of the cars is prohibited as cars will not be fully homologated at the time <sighs> of the test. So even if you get your monkey ass on the pit lane and you're, sta- you're three feet away from the engine bay, or the front of whichever car with the nose taken off, whatever it might be. Here you see all the goodies. There's an overriding rule that says no matter what, even if you come across IMSA brings everybody over for those three windows, can't show anything. And then you go back to the other, the the second of the permissions, photographers will be able to, videographers will be able to shoot from the same trackside location. So let's say you're trackside, Graham, and you've got a heck of a zoom, and you could see the front of the Porsche, and it's got all kinds of cool stuff that no one's ever seen before. Guess what? You can't take a photo of it. You can't shoot any video of it. So what you have is a two-day test where the media is allowed, but not really. And if you want to get something, what you're essentially, if you're just a writer, 
Well, you're sequestered like a child, like like daycare in the media center. Now, they're going to feed you and give you liquid so you don't shrivel up and die. So that's good. But if you're just a writer, you are supposed to be locked into a tower for two days. And if you're a photographer, videographer, you can go trackside like you did during the 10-hour Petit Le Mans, but all you can capture is just cars going around the racetrack. Can't show anything. Can't report lap times. So uh, when I saw that, I said, you know what? You're wasting my time and you're wasting my client's money. And I express, I've expressed all this to IMSA. Uh, this whole thing was a, came back via the manufacturer. So that's maybe not a total surprise. The one manufacturer that isn't listed, that again, I believe is going to be there, is the one that actually put up all the restrictions. <laughs> Most of the others were actually open to uh, allowing something. Maybe not a ton, but something. So my, uh, my quick note, uh, just to close here, brother, yeah, is, as noted, there will be a separate media roster and credentials specific for the test will be issued. Your hard card doesn't get you access or anything else, right? There's a specific test media credentialing process you must go through and be approved through in order to be trackside, to be there for, these, for the two-day test. As I explained mm-hmm. to IMSA, uh, and as I explained to my clients, if I were to go, I would be better served to opt out of taking part in that test as a official member of the media. I would do you a better service of sitting out on the highway with my iPhone's little stopwatch function and not go in not get a wristband, not get a whatever, but to actually just be a, a rogue fan with the ability to time the cars. Cause yep. you yeah, can yeah. see them coming down under the bridge, down the hill towards turn one from the main entrance. You can sit right there, not go inside the property and do that. You can also with the tripod and a video camera of which I own, which has, I think a 20 X zoom, which is pretty darn good. Um, go down to say turn one. On the outside of turn one, there's a whole business park there. It's where BBS's North American headquarters been forever, etc. Um, there's a number of views and vantage points there where you can see the cars coming into turn one. And if you if you work at it a little bit, Graham, kind <laughs> of sort of get a look onto pit lane too. And just saying, being a person who's outside the fences, unaccredited, just a fan with the ability to capture lap times and then use all that 20x zoom on a video camera on a pit lane i bet you i could see some stuff bet you i could pick out some cool stuff at the front of the cars the back of the cars and tell you what's going on there so as i mentioned to imsa i don't know if anybody really put much thought into this but it would be better served for folks who are trying to do real reporting to decline your invitation to attend and just sit outside the property and give fans the content that they've been wanting and asking for. And if you've set up that a system where gaming your system is what's going to deliver the best content, uh, that's problematic. And the other last little thing to mention, um, do any of us truly believe 
that name all the manufacturers who've been at some groupish type tests or who've tested at places that aren't have been known haven't had photographers videographers of course they out have. in the bushes uh of hidden behind this cap right so the 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 inherent lie in this whole well we don't want it the cars are yet to be homologated okay when did the cars have to be homologated before you can capture anything about them when did that become uh something we we all agreed was something to abide by i am so disappointed in imsa for bowing to this as i told them the minute you let manufacturers dictate to you and you accept and you allow that good luck getting that control back Mm -hmm. um so i'm told the december test at daytona will not have any of these restrictions because the cars will be homologated yeah let's wait and see let's see how many blankets are thrown over engine yeah well the other thing is i mean genuinely at this point genuinely do we really expect there to be significant differences in those cars in what is what six weeks um you know everything i'm hearing about um gtp the mdh cars more or less everything i'm hearing is is that they're pretty fixed there, there was a a, a, a a remaining issue about the re- reliability and longevity of the spec uh, hybrid system in a couple of regards that's you know uh, whilst it's better than it was it's still what not where it needs to be and that is having a knock-on effect on a range of issues to do with not just the factory teams, but the the willingness, the ability um, of teams and manufacturers to expand their reach with those cars. So, um, you know, we, we, yeah. I'll say this with a, as much, I don't know what it is. I don't think humility is the right word, but I'll, I'll say this with as much whateverness as possible. Let's say... All photographers, all whatever, all media are allowed on pit lane, fully unrestricted, take photos, take videos of whatever you want. We already come back to the main item that I mentioned. They already have these photos and videos of each other, right? Mm-hmm. That is part yeah, of the absolutely. budget, it's part of what they do. Let, let's not kid each other that there's anything beneath their bodywork that the others haven't already ca- had <laughs> captured for them, right? But let's also be honest that of all of those from the media who might go across the bridge and take these photos and videos, there's only one that I know of who would know what they're actually looking at, and that would be me. And so, again, that's not meant to be some self-whatevering thing. It's just the truth. Name the other reporters who report on race, uh, sports car racing, endurance racing in the U.S. Name the folks, whatever, that shoot the vast majority of them can say that's the engine that's the transmission it it probably ends right about there just saying like oh there is some amazing new wastegate technology being used on the bmw i i think i might know that if i saw that but i think i might be the only one the point being it's not like well if we were to allow them to take photos oh my god uh, they would be spilling all of our secrets. The 99% of the people who are the sports car media in IMSA couldn't tell you anything about the cars. Know nothing about the cars. But, but it's a here's, false here's argument the, yet again. 
But here's the other point, though. Here's the other point. What is the time frame, okay, towards homologation? So there are not going to be major changes to those cars in that time frame. There just aren't, okay? There might be some tweaks. There might be some things they find out about reliability and, you know, placement of some components, etc. But here's the other big thing. It's a BOP formula, okay? It's a BOP formula. You know, they, there are not going to be tweaks that make that major a difference because they have to be in a performance window. It's not going to be. And by the way, uh, as Peugeot found out to their cost, this is exactly the way that you get the wrong sort of stories. You'll remember, MP, I, I mean, I can recall back in the day, Peugeot getting extremely precious about photographs of the 908 HDI FAP <laughs> yes. engine. Remember this? Yo, I and remember I recall, fighting with I th- them constantly. I think it was Race Car Engineering magazine that effectively, having been rebuffed and, and fairly rudely, put a bounty on pictures of that engine. And sure enough, what happened, I think it was Le Mans on the very first uh, test session with the car. The first car goes rolling out to dozens of photographers on uh, pit lane and lots more around the, the track to see this fabulous new thing. And the rear deck blows off it. So it does an entire lap with the entire engine bay exposed to the world. Yep. Uh, So uh, all it does is it puts people's backs up. You know, we want to get excited about this. You know, I I don't – just to put – get a cherry on top of your point about the photographs. I know you know anybody on the the, – in the – press room knows exactly who is shooting for which manufacturer and here's the thing boys and girls very often you will find those photographers spending much of their day standing in front of not their employer's garage yeah no what i know what? because I that's guess. part of the brief it it's well, anyways uh, it, it, it's all just a little bit too precious for me so look i i not, it's not like my failing to go to Petit Le Mans changes anything for anyone. It's the least, uh, the, the least important thing ever. I just wanted to be really honest with IMSA saying you screwed yourself in this approach. And it's not just limited to this test. Like you yeah. hand this control to manufacturers, you're going to be fighting for the rest of your days to get it back. This, this was a great opportunity for IMSA to express to their manufacturers that no, we're not going to try and introduce this new formula under lock and key and make this just a, a poop fight the whole time. Uh, unfortunately, whomever the person was uh, that should have pushed back and said no, absolutely failed. So again, cars will be on track here in a couple months. Uh, yeah. In theory, we'll be at that group test at Daytona and be able to take some photos of these things uncovered and uh, that's it's all I'm going to do is just okay. every video, every photo, like all I'm all I'm going to do is spend my time there telling our listeners here, fans of endurance racing about every little single thing that I see that's interesting. It's okay. uh, it's going to be 100 percent of my focus. The the loss here is IMSA is continually moaning. We don't get enough coverage. There aren't enough people who care. There aren't enough reporters. There's not enough content. We need more, more, more. 
you got an opportunity to do that. Instead, you've you've bowed to the manufacturers, and so for the next two plus months, you're going to have nothing because mm-hmm. we're not allowed to show anything, talk about anything, tell you who was fast, who wasn't. You just shot yourself in both feet while complaining that there's not enough interest and coverage. Then you give the green light to a, a media plan that says, yeah, we're not really going to let you do anything other than say, hey, here's cars going around the track in circles and they're pretty colors. Uh, yeah. The end. So let's do this, Graham. Let's use the last 10 or 15 minutes of yeah, the show. Yeah. Why don't we pick up a couple of the questiones left over um, from our last call sheet done by our pal Daniel Summers Gill. And you know what? We're going to use Daniel. To open the show with questions, I will be mm. lobbing at you like a maniacal gaboon hurling waste products uh, at you over the, the fence at the zoo. Uh, Daniel says, what went wrong, Graham, with GTE Pro at Fuji? He says, hashtag me personally. It's one of the least entertaining GTE Pro races since the start of the WC back in 2012. It's Ferrari out front, Porsche never in contention. Is this just bad BOPness or uh, maneuvering ahead of Bahrain? Corvette making errors also didn't help. Uh, what was what was the culprit here? It, it, it was odd, wasn't it? And there were surprisingly few moans and groans about BOP. Corvette did indeed make a cardinal error. They ran the car out of fuel, um, which cost them because they were looking pretty competitive at one point. It was a poor race, uh, not quite as poor as the race we saw the six hours. Remember, we had a double header at Bahrain last time and the dramas that uh, prevailed. Not quite as bad as the six hours of Bahrain, but it was not a attention gripper. It was, though, MP, fantastic to be back in Japan, the first world championship to return to Japan since the COVID pandemic. And great to see some of the fans coming out for that as Japan is emerging from their kind of lockdown culture uh, that's been around for longer than most of the rest of the planet. Um, I'm sure that if I was to go and ask someone at, at, at uh, Porsche, they would kind of tell me, yeah, it was BOP, we lacked the edge. They did seem to be down on straight line speed. That much is certainly true. Was there some um, loading up of bags of sand? Quite possibly. You know my attitude to this, which is we talk about these things after a race. That's what we do. We talk about these things after a season. That's what we will do. I have zero doubt that we will have a battle royal uh, in Bahrain. Uh, that race taking place in, uh, what is it, second week in November under the lights. Um, that bad feeling, that needle that was sharpened with the events at the end of the eight hours of Bahrain that settled the world championship last year, that has not gone away. Uh, anybody that watched the Monza race and saw the antics of Kevin Estre there will know that there is still real animosity, anger, I would suggest, at what they perceive as being the injustices. I'll say again, for the final time, before we get back to Bahrain, uh, my feeling on that incident, having had the, the opportunity to go away, talk to people, understand the ins, ins and outs, etc., is I suspect there are, there are probably two or three people you could point a finger at of blame here for what transpired. First is the LMP2 car that took uh, effect of the braking position from uh, the Porsche. Uh, the second, 
it's fair to say, Alessandro Pergridi did indeed hit the rear of the Porsche, uh, but that was before the usual braking zone. And the third was whoever determined the moment for the Porsche to pit before it needed to, uh, after the instruction that the Ferrari should uh, hold off and allow the Porsche to pass. That, for me, was the critical moment. The bit we didn't hear, of course, as we've gone over time and time again, is that race control did indeed tell the teams that that meant that the positions should not be reversed. But I think uh, Porsche were trying to game the system, were trying to uh, draw an additional advantage over and above the, the Ferrari being told to slow, and that was an error. Uh, I think that bluff was called by the race control team and correctly, uh, but it's that combination of circumstances that left us where we are now, which is already a very political circumstance that now risks, I guess, boiling over. Um, the difference this time, though, MP, is we've got the big yellow car in the mix as well, and they're hungry for this. They would like that win. They took a win at Monza, but they'd like to be taking points off the rest of them. And because it's uh, points and a half, if you like, 150% of points, if they get the win, that means things are going to be awfully, awfully tight for the rest. Indeed. I'll pick one up here. Oli Yu says, during FP3, there's good news coming. Is there an additional brand coming to Hypercar? This WC. Could you give us a hint as to who? Uh, well, you've seen the calendar. You've seen the manufacturers who are predicted to be coming in 2023. You will notice that with the exception of Glickenhaus, as mentioned, there are no other names mentioned there. I'll leave people to speculate. I can tell you that for absolute definite, there is one very good news story coming. Okay. Uh, beyond that, we can speculate about... Uh, multiple other stories for 2024, multiple other stories for 2024 uh, that are uh, some of them definitely en route, some of them possibly en route, uh, but things have still got to clar get, kind of clarify, uh, got to kind of uh, crystallize rather for that. So the story of who's coming to play, whether or not that be manufacturers or privateers, that story is not done, okay, uh, on either side of the Atlantic. So there, there is good news to come. There's going to be plenty for us to talk about in terms of news. And that's before, MP, we get into talking about drivers. Can I just chuck in here something rather intriguing that hit the internet this morning? Chuck which it. is Chuck it. I will. Which is Instagram, not a social media platform I'm particularly fond of but it's out there and people seem to like it. You refuse um, to post your bikini photos. I know again, why. Um, but it was an interesting little um, reel. I think they called them on Instagram posted by one Sebastian Vettel. Uh, who hasn't posted for some little time. Now there are two theories behind this little, uh, very short video. The first is that there's going to be some kind of documentary about the multiple world champions career. The interesting thing is, was that with the exception of a cart, and I mean K-A-R-T, not horse and, uh, every car shown was a BMW. Damn. I say no more. Say no more. 
Okay. What well, we said no more. All righty. Uh, as promised. Uh, what, what do we go to? Let's see. Chris Ward. This is more okay. talk from NASCAR about the Garage 56 entry. Could we see it run unclassified at the Rolex 24 as a live fire test? I would say the timing of that would be massively aggressive, Chris. I love the idea. I'd be pushing mm-hmm. for it. I'd probably be pushing for it more at Sebring, knowing that okay. would give them another six weeks of preparation. But, yeah. Um, a demo run could be possible, I'd have suggested. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But the actual, we have a racing team in place. We will mm-hmm. be fielding this vehicle for 24 hours right off the bat. Again, that would be the best scenario to consider leading into uh, 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, it just feels like that's going to be a wee bit aggressive, knowing that Action Express is also helping with this program too, knowing that they have a new Cadillac GTP car to get ready to go racing with as well. It feels yep. like that might be something that if the Garage 56, the Camaro ZL1 Cup car was truly ready to go, uh, which I, it won't be, but it, even if it was, I would say this would feel like way too much of an ask. Um, it, it's, this early. It's, is it worth just dealing with the other £75,000 kind of in the room, which is drivers? I mean, uh, Chris Ward and Zach Dean as well mention both Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. Obviously, Jimmy Johnson's had more headlines uh, since these questions were uh, were sent to us. We've got Mike Rockefeller in R&D role. Is that the world's worst dab at a three-driver squad? No, and uh, Jimmy's been very straightforward in saying he wants to do the 24 Hours of Le Mans. We did an interview, yep. I don't know, made about a month ago, I think, in Portland, and he said the same exact thing, that uh, in terms of bucket lists, Le Mans is right up there at the top. He wants to be a part of this. It's being run by his former longtime uh, he won all of his NASCAR championships with Chad Knaus. Um, this is a Hendrick thing, too, running the car. Did all those championships with Hendrick. Uh, he's currently competing this weekend, and right now we have uh, free practice, too, um, done in about an hour from now. Um, he, he's competing there with a, a Hendrick-affiliated Ashton Express mm-hmm. car. Uh, he wants to do this. IMSA wants him to do this. I will be surprised if he is not announced as one of the drivers. I know there's Jeff Gordon, obviously he is now and has been for a little while, you know, senior, senior executive at Hendrick Motorsports. Um, he did recently buy a Porsche cup car and has been driving that and such, but I have heard that, uh, He's not necessarily someone in the frame for that seat. Rocky, okay. I think, would be for sure. I think it makes sense, doesn't it, to have somebody with experience, uh, I mean, d- depth of experience, winner, in Le Mans. Uh, indeed, right there. So yeah, I mean, between those two, for sure, I would think there would be a Chevy-related, Chevy-affiliated veteran to slot into things. There, sports car veteran, I should say, right? Rocky being someone who I think we mostly think of from a prototype standpoint uh, in terms of Le Mans, but uh, someone who, again, perfect guy for it. You take someone like a Jimmy Johnson who's done quite a bit of endurance racing um, and just a massive name. He is going to be uh, 
uh, one of the best global uh, representatives for this program, getting folks in the NASCAR side, fans and whatnot interested, was told, what, not last weekend, was it the week before? I forget. Uh, it might have been last weekend at Goodwood, where Jimmy was uh, competing for the first time, was told by okay. a friend that uh, he was mobbed from <laughs> all day and all night by folks just wanting to see and meet uh, this, you know, kind of outer space person, right? Who's, He's a legend. He's well, a legend. Big, huge career, all the cha- all the success that he's had, but in a very unique style of American racing that, you know, certainly would have never have touched the UK. So just one of those big names like, hey, Valentino Rossi showed up at a, you know, a whatever race here in the States. Like, wow, let's go see the, this legend upon legend. That same kind of reaction. So that told me that if he were to go forward as a driver and, uh, or be nominated as a driver for Garage 56, that indeed I would think he'd be a great global ambassador. And then I do have to believe, I don't know whether it's someone who's recently retired from Chevy slash Corvette Racing's uh, endurance racing programs, but I just have a feel like Jimmy Johnson would be amazing. Rocky would be amazing. What it lacks, though, is that GM slash Chevy slash Corvette uh, or heck, even oh. Cadillac, like sports car figurehead legend type driver, just feels to me like that that need that would be the the third well, final pillar. It's interesting you say that because I do know that someone who fits that bill has got a very significant birthday today. Oliver okay. Beretta. <laughs> it's Ollie Gavin. Who? Ollie Gavin. And you know, I was amazed. I I I thought he was younger than this, but sixty years old today. Sixty years old. That's quite amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I am totally familiar with who you're referring to, but but tall guy, British. I mean, rude. <laughs> really, really rude. I mean, aff- borderline offensive. So not actually. Perry McCarthy. Is no, what you're saying. Okay. No, 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 no. All right, no. I'm getting a little confused. Till Bechtelsheimer, is that who we're talking about here? No, no, no. no it's t- a tall guy. Oh, Till English. tall guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know many of them, so I'll, I'll go with you on so this So not Young Magnuson, not him. Yeah. Um, Has hair. Uh, man Yagnuson, either. Not him. So, okay. Well, well, we'll keep our eye out for sure. There might you be somebody know. who pops up. Young gun. But happy um, 60th, Ollie. Yeah. Let's see. What else? Uh you know, he, he's gonna, maybe we, he's going to batter me. Uh, well, that's very true. Very, as I hope he would, and as he should do more often. Um, why don't we close here on two items? I'll take the one from Stephen Gate. Uh, why don't you take okay. the one below that from our pal Kevin Perez, Frederico? Um, I don't think we can say a whole bunch about the, the Kevin okay. question, but uh, I, I, can, you... I can say a bit. Yes. Leave so that with me. Yeah. Let me open with uh, Stevens here. Says, do you have any indications yet of lap time and how quick the <laughs> contenders are from Porsche Caddy and Acura, given they've recently been testing alongside each other Add BMW to that. Says they are all at different stages of development, but do you know any of the early signs of speed? So if you happen to catch, Stephen, the video that I did with uh, BMW Motorsport boss Andreas Roos, uh, also with young Connor Filippi, named as one of the BMW M Hybrid V8 factory drivers, uh, these cars are faster than predicted. So I don't know where 
Graham, the mm-hmm. calculation machine done got some calculations wrong. But if we wind the clock back to beginning of the year, I yeah. know that I did a feature-length story in Racer Magazine leading into the 2022 season, talking about, hey, we got these GTP cars coming up. Some of them are going to be testing soon. Did indeed have the Porsche roll out right around, what, Christmas, something like that, shortly after uh, and whatnot. But, hey, these cars are going to be coming out. What do you think? What can you tell us? What are the predictions for lap times? Knowing that they're meant to be more powerful than the current DPIs, but they're also going to be carrying some more weight because of that ERS system. And the predictions by IMSA... All their modeling said these cars are going to be one to one and a half seconds, maybe two full seconds slower than the DPIs. Okay. Then more of these cars started testing in full configuration with the full Bosch slash Williams uh, ERS units installed, full package. And then some of the drivers, who I won't name, started saying privately, Hey, I don't know where those predictions came from, but they aren't close to being accurate. So as I understand, and this is not just from one manufacturer drivers, but multiple, uh, yes, uh, we could, and I don't have a specific number, Stephen, because obviously they haven't been to a bunch of tracks yet. As you said, they're not all at full Mm -hmm. development capabilities, but as I understand it, there should be no issue whatsoever of track records being broken at every single event next year, right? Should be no issue doing that. So it's not like marginal, hey, there are two or three tenths, but like, whoa, these things are freaking juiced up and ready to go. But talking about our cars, what will IMSA do? Will IMSA bop them on the head will they get bopped mm-hmm. will bo penis become not good the potential for these cars to be faster than anything we've seen in a good while over here with prototypes exists okay if and will and when might imsa intervene here's one example and i don't think I can say the number because it would probably give away sources. So at the recent manufacturer test at Daytona, I know of one, at least one model entering turn one at a top speed that was not only above 200 miles an hour, what? but seriously above 200 miles an hour. Wow. Now, that's important to know because top speed into turn one has actually been the primary GTP slash DPI slash whatever the hell else, DP before that. Um, Top speed into turn one has been the bar of reference used by Grand Am, IMSA, etc., to drag down the speed of the top prototype class. We've never really had, well, I shouldn't say never. In modern times, we haven't had GT cars flirting with cracking 200. But prototypes, we have. 
this is a number where they really do not like the prototypes to go to get above 200 heading into turn one. And so it's common to look and see whatever the number they might end up governing it down to being. Is it the top is 192? Is it 195? Whatever. But it is a real and true uh, measuring thing that they use say aha this is what you have expressed as your top speed capability and if we see this across most of the cars in the class great whether it's adding weight air restrictor rear wing angle adding gurney flaps plus rear wing angle some sort of method graham to say or to cause the effect with the prototypes uh, to cause enough either aerodynamic drag slash downforce to pull that number down below 200 or again, whatever means they decide is needed for each particular prototype. But that has been the effort for reasons I don't, again, I don't fully understand. Uh, 200 is a bad number. Do I think we might still see the cars crack 200 when we get to the test in Daytona? Hope. That'd be amazing to report on. Hey, whatever it is, the Cadillac's doing 208. You know, and to turn again, I don't know. I'll bring my radar gun, though. Like, I really, I will. <laughs> I'll do that for sure. Do I think that could then get dialed back once it's time to go racing, get into the roar and go racing? I do, but I hope not by too much because it'd be pretty amazing, I think, for IMSA to be able to say, hey, this new formula. Uh, remember how we said we thought it was going to be slower? Well, <laughs> we tricksied you. Um, so I don't know exactly how they manage that, Graham. But I do know for sure, no doubt, uh, these things are stonking fast. Well, well, let's let's chuck into the mix here. It's a, it's a, you asked really asked to answer the question from Kevin Pires Federico, but I've got to just cover off as well because it's important in that context. A quick question from Garen Batten, who says, "Is there any chance of Toyota Ferrari Peugeot coming to Daytona in January for GTP?" There's several reasons why the answer is no. Uh, the first and most important one is that IMSA sets a deadline um, for any LMH team that wanted to compete, which I think, and right, was the first week in September, MP. Um, and that has passed, and I'm not aware that anybody has put their hand up and said, yes, we'd like to come. Um, I think uh, Ferrari have got their hands full getting ready for next season anyway, and the WC season, of course, starts at Sebring in March. Uh, Peugeot, as we've seen, are already out there and racing and finding things that are breaking on that car. And that's part of the reason why they're out this this year, is to get to the meat and tooth edge of next season in fighting form. But uh, encouragingly, the pace of the car looks encouraging. Toyota will have a new car next year. There will be a new car. I My sources tell me that's going to be called the GR020 um, to replace the Groot. Um that's something which we poured a little bit of cold water on to start with when that rumour started to come out. But I was hearing from very well-placed sources, plural, that that is indeed going to happen for 2023. And you wouldn't want to be debuting that car uh, at Daytona. So whether or not, Garen, that will happen for 2024 remains to be seen. But for 2023... You've got what you've got. And then yeah, effortlessly moving into what Kevin Perez Federico says. And I'm not going to read out the question as a whole. Basically says, um, 
who do you feel is going to get the 963 customer cars uh, that have no, not uh, so far been declared? Now, look, uh, in terms of public um, assertions by Porsche, they've said that there will be uh, two cars available for the WEC for customer cars, two cars available for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in 2023, over and above the Penske run cars. And that's what we're hoping and expecting will happen with the possibility slash probability there might be more cars for 2024 from Porsche and we hope from others. Uh, all I can tell you is... Um, I'm, I'm comfortable in saying, having broken the story, Ooh, I broke the story. I'll put it back together, yeah. I promise. <laughs> comfortable in saying the Jerry Hildebrand Foyt effort not going forward okay so i and that's not speculation that's fact um yeah. i wrote the story that that was where it was headed which it was 100 percent was again it was never like a you know gee i wonder if it's like no i'd spent a lot of time speaking with all the people involved uh the people whose names were again part of what meant to be part of that uh they were if awarded is the right word maybe whatever but they were um granted uh, chosen by Porsche to be the customer team. Again, there's a whole application process and showing of this and promise of that and uh, made it through all that and were, again, chosen to do that and needed to button up a couple things to complete their ability to do that. And uh, some of those things fell through. So uh, that was all real. That was all moving forward until it wasn't. That's only happened many times every year in every form of racing. But uh, yeah. We can confirm hashtag breaking exclusive scoop. I think I needed it. I, w I need some sort of echo effect uh, when we do that, Graham. Uh, hashtag breaking exclusive scoop. The hashtag breaking exclusive scoop we had about it being Hildebrand and Foyt is now officially unbroken and unscooped. It, it ain't it's, happening. It's, it is fair to say that the destinations of both the second cars have changed in this process. Um, you won't have much longer to wait, okay? Um, it's fair to say that there's still some exciting things to come. Team Brooklatic, uh, I'm breaking <laughs> it right now. They're Ben Devlin, Gunner, Jeanette. They're yeah. uh, they're driving. Team Reeves. Yes. Uh, so all right, we we just hashtag break scoped it again, man. Hey, Woo! I, I think the, the the best thing I can give you because I know our listeners just just love to hear oh, they, some of the intrigue of the oh, rumors. Yeah. It is, it is, I'm at the stage now where it's highly unusual for me to go from one end of a WEC paddock to the other without another major story slash rumor slash development slash possibility uh, being mentioned by someone absolutely credible. Um, so if I were to tell you right now, what is the number of additional potential manufacturers that have so far not been publicly declared that are distinctly possible in one of these formulae, that number would be somewhere between three and six. Okay. okay. Uh, of those which are probable, I would suggest to you that number is somewhere between one and three. And that is over a time frame from 2024 to 2025 there are one or two that i'll be writing pretty soon that won't be happening there's one or two that are still going to make their minds up there's one or two that 
are keeping their cards incredibly close to their chest. And there's at least one card, by the way, that um, I hear from from colleagues in the press room that other colleagues in the press room are pouring cold water over stories that I may or may not have written. And tragically for them, I've seen a picture of the car. Uh, so it, it's it's an interesting time. Lots and lots of points being scored, whether or not it's on news pages or social media, really not interested in that. What I'm interested in is having packed grids of awesomeness um, and that lots of very talented people get jobs driving things very fast for our delight and delectation. And it looks to me as if exactly that is going to happen, MP. There are going to be developments um, announced in the coming weeks uh, beyond the uh, prototype formally, both of the future of GT racing in the ACO rules format and the future of LMP2 racing in uh, the ACO rules format. Um, whilst we know some things, I believe that some things we thought we knew might be changing and changing fairly radically. Uh, we are going to have to play a little bit of hashtag wait and see, but that just makes it fun, doesn't it? Sure. I'll wrap it up, MP. Yeah, I'll well, up, I, I was MP. just going to say, I think we, I think we got to do this more often, where we save some newsy, scoopy things to the end of the show as a uh, as an air quote reward for folks I, I, who listen I, all the way to the end. I think that's right. I think the other thing is um, because I know not just our listeners are listening, but some of our market rivals are listening oh, too. I doubt it. And yes, and yes, I do enjoy winding them up. Well, um, then let me throw one more thing out. <laughs> Uh, I spent some Exciting. time on the phone with somebody today who is working on putting together an event Ooh. for next season. Okay. And if it happens, mm. which I feel like there's decent possibility of it, like true, uh, again, I don't know if I'd say more than 50-50 odds, but if it were to happen, it would be a new IMSA and IndyCar shared event. Oh, yes. And I'll I'll leave it at that because a person that I spoke with said, "Hey, there's a couple of things going on that uh, if this were to get out, all the details were to get out, it might actually do us some harm." So I'm going to keep those because I want the event to succeed. But okay, yes. Is this the one? Is this the one at Snetterton? No, no. Okay, that's uh, the other one. Okay. Well, yeah, no. Um, Mallory Park is actually okay. yeah, but keep that. Don't don't tell anybody. Um, this would be a true new event, not a we're going back to a place we used to or whatever else, but actually a true brand new event, combo Ooh. IMSA and IndyCar, and. I will obviously write about it in detail once it's at a place where I'm able to do that without it jeopardizing its ability to move forward. But if so, I'd be really excited for both series and for imps in particular, mainly on the topic, Graham, of, hey, you want me to tell you what's going to be announced next year at the state of the series for the 2024 calendar or the 2025 or the 2026? I can just basically read you what we got right now. And it's been the same. It's going to keep being the same. That's great. They call it date equity, blah, blah, blah. But it also gets to be a little bit boring after a while where you go, okay, could you kind of punch into a different market or a new market or just something? 
this would fall into that category of, ah, we've awoken from the calendar slumber. And, and hi, Rocky. Rocky wants to eat. He's tired of us flapping our gums while he's unable to flap his with food in it. Um, this might break that trend of kind of the same matchy-matchy calendar year after year. So, again, 50-50 of it happening right now. But if it does, I'll be a really happy boy. So more to follow. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the end because we actually we're going to do that. We're going to be dicks. We're not just going to put it right up front. We're going to go, oh, okay, well, I got that click. Now I'm going to go uh, watch Formula One, Formula Two, and NASCAR drivers use inappropriate words on their Twitch uh, video gaming streams. Um, so there you go. A little feature here Excellent. on our podcast. I'll take it home. It's all uh, yours. Thanks, mate. Uh, we're going to say thank you to Cooper Tires, to Justice Brothers, and to TorontoMotorsports.com. And thank you, of course, to Marshall Pruitt for making time in his busy no, schedule not no. going to uh, road atlanta for uh this edition of the weekend sports cars thanks to as well for your patience as listeners as we, we've been working through a variety of other clashing things that we're going to try to make this more regular um as the calendar gets a little less punishing than it has been for the last few weeks for now though that has been the weekend sports cars i have been graham goodwin he has been Marshall Pruitt. This is part of the Marshall Pruitt podcast. We will see you, and we promise we will, next week.